0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Welcome, this is Paul David Thompson. And this is Doc G. So, Paul Thompson, what's up next? Well, hey, Doc, I'll tell you what's up next bonus content. I think you'll enjoy this informal conversation conducted after the recording of episode number 61, which we released this Monday. If you haven't listened to that episode already, I highly recommend you listening to that first, then listening to this bonus episode, which is our conversation that happened after the recording with the producer of the upcoming documentary film, Do No Harm. Listen all the way to the end. You won't regret it. Welcome What's up next, where
0: your
2: hosts, Paul, David Thompson, and Doc G, take the discussion on topics in the financial independence movement to the next level. Guest panelists share their opinion to questions that don't have clear answers to help you refine your path to financial independence.
1: That was really interesting. Really well-made documentary. I wouldn't know I'm a film buff exactly, but I really like watching documentaries. And this one seemed very balanced. A lot of documentaries... One of the, often they're criticized for being very one-sided.
0: Yeah, very with biased. With their point yeah. of view.
1: There is an agenda, obviously, on the documentary. But this one was balanced. I mean, it, it didn't cast a villain that we are all, are all supposed to hate, right? It's like, you know, this there's a flawed system here. And it's so obvious. Why is it not more well-known?
0: Well, the AMA doesn't feel that way. And the ACGMA, no. They feel like it should have been all about what wonderful resiliency programs they have in place and why we didn't highlight those programs, how wonderful things are and how they're changing, that's what they were hoping.
2: I've been in this space for a long time because I've blogged as a physician for years and years and years. I've been aware of Pamela for a decade or something like that since she really started writing about this stuff. So I'm one of those physicians who pulled back. I mean, I went from seeing 2,000 patients in a primary care practice to doing a concierge practice to doing now, I do hospice where I cover three to 400 patients, but I don't actually see any of them. I cover the nursing staff that covers them. So the number of patients I've seen has fallen down dramatically. But the way I explain it to people is at some point, I got tired of being afraid all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you're afraid that you're going to make a mistake and someone's going to die. That, But that's a normal fear that we should have a little bit of that. That's okay. Right, you're right. also afraid that someone's going to walk in and hand you a summons and you're going to be sued at any given time. Right. You're also afraid that the government's going to come slap handcuffs on you and say you build incorrectly and they want right. all their money back and you're going to jail. Right at some age i sat back and looked at it said it is not normal to be afraid all the time like right. that's just not normal and so that this really speaks to me and so i knew you know when i interacted with you online that i had heard of your documentary a while back and yeah. so i knew that this is a conversation i wanted to have And I think it does connect also to the financial aspects.
0: Yeah, it really does. I mean, it it really is something that affects all of us. And yeah, we don't want our physicians leaving, being afraid. How can you do your best work if you're afraid you're going to be sued and and make a mistake and that your career is going to be over or that your family is going to suffer because you made a wrong decision or especially if you're sleep deprived. So yeah, a lot of physicians are doing what you're doing. But my question for you is, do you feel fulfilled? Because you know, your heart is as a physician.
2: So I think I'm atypical. I grew up so my father was a physician, and he died when I was eight years old. And that really made strong in me this idea of becoming a physician. I became what I believe to be a stellar physician, I really became a student of medicine. And over the years, I've realized that I probably was wrong. I don't think becoming a physician was my calling. I think creating and writing and podcasting and public speaking are much more my passions. I also love business. I've started many businesses in my life. I own real estate. I probably would have been better suited for business school or for doing something a little bit more public and creative. If you told my mom this, she would fall over and die. (laughs) But I think I'm unique in that sense my wife, when she met me, she's like, you're going to be a fabulous doctor, but I don't think that's your calling. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But over the not years, I've realized that it might not have been, which is, you know, so that was a really a lot of identity searching to get to this point. A lot of deep, deep thought. So I feel fulfilled. I have to tell you, I am so relieved not to be seeing patients anymore. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I think I was a very good physician. My patients loved me. I was very empathetic, very sensitive. I'm a very sensitive person. So it fit my personality well but I don't know if I wanna be responsible for people's lives anymore.
0: And you know what my internist, I went to her and she said, I feel like patients come in like they think they're going to a restaurant and they get bad service you know, they go online and give us a bad mark, you know, they'll give us two stars. I mean, they don't know that I just saved somebody's life in the next room, or I have to deal with a complex case. And that's why they're having to wait 15 minutes. So the expectation of patients is very unrealistic, and not caring. And one thing I think this film has done, it has given a sense of compassion for patients, for their doctors. So I'm really happy to see that happening. I didn't expect that. Uh, So it's a very nice, you know, side effect of this discussion because, you know, patients are not aware of what physicians are going, how they're scheduled in a day. Mm -hmm. And if one thing could affect their whole schedule, and yeah, you're dealing with sick people, chances are something will affect your schedule. How could it not? But you're scheduled in a way that doesn't allow for that and doesn't allow for thinking about what's the proper course of action for this patient, and doesn't allow time for fighting with insurance companies. And, you know, so yeah, you want to get out. So luckily, you have a business mind, and you're fortunate, but think of other physicians who
2: don't. I've written and self-published a few books about kind of the doctor experience. And the interesting thing always to me is when my patients or people I know read it, a lot of them look at me and they go, I had no idea you go through that. And that's the same idea, I think, with with the documentary, it's like, they don't realize that when you walk in and you're in a bad mood, it might be because someone just died, or you just told a family member in the next room that their husband was dying, or their wife was dying. Yeah, people don't get it. They just don't know. It's not part of their experience.
0: My uncle was a colorectal surgeon for 30 years in New Jersey. And I showed him 20 minutes of the film. He, he passed away a couple of years ago. But he said, oh, wow. He said, we never talk about this. If mm-hmm. I lose a patient, he said, I had to find my own coping skills by myself. He said, this is really going to blow things up. Just talking about losing patients and not being able to talk about it. It's okay, we know you're going to lose patients, but for the hospital not to treat you like a human being, why dehumanize you as a physician instead of giving you a way to grieve and cope together?
2: Yeah, and it it scars us, and people don't realize it. I can walk into a room and tell someone that their family member is dying, and not bad nigh, but if I see a sad commercial on TV, I start tearing up and crying, and you realize that it's because... Most of us have stopped mourning ourselves for so long. It's only safe to mourn when you're thinking of other people or when you're seeing it on TV. For a lot of physicians, it's very hard. And I know for me, I'm an incredibly sensitive person. I write poetry. I mean, I'm very in touch with my feelings. But yeah, it's hard for me to feel emotional when I'm talking to patients about their, what they're dealing with. I've gotten better at it but you realize it's trauma over yeah. years and years of trauma.
0: PTSD, yeah. And so that needs to be treated and it doesn't make you weak. It makes you an incredible physician who's caring and it's just a part of human nature. When you're in traumatic situations, you need to be able to find a coping mechanism, whether it's group therapy or whatever it is. And it's not a form of weakness. So that's the message that we're trying to spread with this film too. It's not you.
1: And what I had heard before was of the ideal medical clinic
2: Yeah. So that's Pamela Weibel. So what Pamela did years ago is she went to her community and held a series of meetings in her community and said, what do you want out of a doctor? And she took copious notes and then she built her own medical clinic based on those notes to try to provide to her community what they needed. And I believe, I don't know now, I don't think she takes insurance. I don't know if she ever did, but her idea was to divorce it from insurance She wanted to make her office a happy place to go. So she would have, you know, balloons and she would try to make it a very positive experience. She would go to see patients in their homes. Her real goal was to be very community-centered and to start to reverse all the shame and coldness of the doctor-patient relationship. I think she really, you know, with these ideal medical clinics, really wanted to bring the physician and the community together as partners and remove some of that wall that we have placed between our caregivers, and our people who need care in our society.
0: She's doing it too. I've seen dozens and dozens. And so
2: she consults with people and helps them open up their ideal medical clinics and to extract physicians from this really toxic environment. And so every time she can pluck a physician from corporate medicine (laughs) or for some horrible hospital-based clinic, that's sucking their souls and bring them to a place where they can actually fulfill their dreams of what being a physician is, can be with their community and can get off the treadmill.
0: It's working, but you're told in medical school, that's not an option. You're either going to be a hospitalist or you're going to work in one of these big box clinics. Those are your two choices. They don't tell you, you know, there's this third option. And it is scary because, you know, doctors are not really good business people, you know, by nature. So it's scary to think of running your own business.
2: Yeah, especially you know, when, when you're in
0: debt. Yeah, when you're right. When really
2: you're $200,000, $300,000 yeah. in debt, you're coming out of medical school. The last thing you want to do is say, oh, I'm going to start my own business. I might break yeah. even in the first year or be <laughs> mildly net positive. Uh, yeah, which sometimes these businesses, it's hard to come out and be immediately successful. Right, And that's normal, any business like that. You don't expect to make a huge amount of money in your first year or two, but when you're crushed. Well, maybe
0: you save money, you know, maybe you, you know, get trained as a hospitalist or you work in one of these clinics. And then after, you know, five years before your soul is completely crushed, you get out (laughs) and you take the little money that you've been able to save and say, yeah, I'm going to create this clinic. And, And that's what I've seen. Her do in these retreats. I've been to three retreats so far that she's done. And like some miracle stories with these physicians whose health was deteriorating prior and now are healthy, fulfilled, they're happy. It's like being on a drug. You know, they are so thrilled and never thought it was possible. So, yeah, it's just, you know, it's so small. It's just like a drop in the bucket. But, yeah. but the message is getting out, uh, hopefully, to the film, that you have other options. You don't have to be trapped.
2: So, I had mentioned to you that there was a physician in our community who died, who drowned. And we are going to record me reading something I wrote in October 2013. So, this is called, I Will Come to the Water. It was written October 2013. When I was young, I stumbled up the mountain in search of knowledge. Years later, I descended to the water when knowing no longer quenched my thirst. I took the news poorly, even though I barely knew the woman. We had talked on the phone a few times over the years regarding shared patients. I heard that she loved to swim. They found her car parked in the lot adjacent to the beach. It was rumored that she was far too strong a swimmer for this to be an accident. But later, there were whispers that she swallowed a bevy of pills before striding confidently into the waves that early morning. They fished her body out of the water hours later. And I wondered about this lonely profession that we share. I have said multiple times that physicians are like islands floating in the vast sea. We may interact with others from time to time, but we are mostly on our own. There is no one with us in the middle of the night when we answer persistent phone calls. We carry the weight of the consequence of these decisions largely in solitary. I heard that she was embroiled in a lawsuit Someone mentioned a federal investigation into illegally purchasing chemotherapeutic agents to offer to her patients at a discount. I highly doubt most of it. I imagine that she was enamored with the water. We return our dead to the land for the most part, but maybe burial at sea is more appropriate. Our bodies are water after all. Her plasma mixing with the unimaginable vastness, maybe she no longer felt alone. I kind of wish they had left her body where they found it. As sad as I am at her passing, she made her own decision. I continue to mourn, however, for the rest of us. The pressure of practicing medicine is enough. Dealing with the rules and regulations is becoming unbearable, and we are still stuck in our sad, broken silos. In a world of loneliness, we still haven't found a way to wither these tumultuous seas together. I'm sorry that I didn't get a chance to know her better. I hope she found the peace that she was looking for.
0: Yeah, it's uh, too common. There was a San Diego story that was like that, I, I wound up not putting it into the film, but she walked into the water and her friends luckily pulled her out, but she was heading right into the sea. And the train tracks, I mean, Kevin attempted, he parked his car on a train track and then at the last moment he decided, that's not an accident.
2: Yeah, we pick these ways and sometimes they're dramatic ways.
0: I mean, our healers, you know, like saving life. That's what you doctors, that's what you do. I mean, to think about ending your own life for a physician is like, it's the worst tragedy I can think of. I mean, for someone to think that that's a solution, it's just, it's tragic and it motivates me to continue on this journey for everybody.
2: Well, thank you for the documentary. I think the documentary was wonderful and I wish you great success with it.
1: So I cannot describe to you how privileged I feel to get to work with Doc G in our little corner of the internet. I think one of the greatest benefits of achieving financial independence is so you can take a break from constantly worrying about making ends meet and taking the time to reflect. The goal of this podcast is to take the conversation in our community to the next level. I cannot thank Robin Simon enough for the work that she is doing as a part of her documentary. And on behalf of myself and everyone who's ever relied on the medical field to take care of their sick ones and those who might be dying, I'd like to express my personal thanks to Doc G and everyone serving in the medical field for your service to your patients. I am not sure we'll ever really understand the toll that this profession takes on its caretakers. Take a moment and reach out to someone that you know personally that is in the medical field and let them know how much they mean to you. Please accept my heartfelt thank you. I'm confident you don't hear it enough so it bears repeating. Thank you. That's a wrap.